Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Emotionally Healthy Leader Podcast. I'm Pete. I'm Jerry. And our topic today, or our theme today, is the one skill that will make or break your life and leadership. Right. As a matter of fact, um, you, there wouldn't be a podcast today. You wouldn't be listening to this podcast today, actually, if it wasn't for this skill. Isn't it truth? It's the skill that launched us on this whole journey 28 years ago now, almost, yeah, 28 plus years ago on this journey we call EH Discipleship. So, all right, this is the sixth, honey, of eight podcasts that we've done so far. And let's go. We started with the community temperature reading. Then we moved into stop mind reading, mm-hmm. clarify expectations, genogram your family, mm-hmm. explore the iceberg. And uh, now we are on... Um, what we call incarnational listening. Mm-hmm. So the one skill that will make or break your leadership. So all very dramatic titles, but why, honey, is this one, the one skill that will make or break your life in leadership? Why is this like, in some ways, the most dramatic title of all? Mm, I think a couple of them have been pretty dramatic That's titles. true. <laughs> That's but, true. And, uh, you know, I know we've said this before, but, If the goal of our spiritual lives, the goal of our humanity is to love well. This gets at it. This gets at it. You really can't love well um, yourself or others or God, really, without this skill. Let's just dive in. This was the turning point for us in in our personal lives, our marriage, our family, our leadership, our church. Here we are many years later. So why don't we talk about our first 17 years as Christians and as leaders and what we were like in the way that we spoke and listened, and then how this skill, once we learned it, was a revolution for us. Hmm, I'll let you begin. Okay, good. Well, we were, uh, again, we are eight years seven, eight years into our marriage, and we were at a wall. But about 17 years into leadership. That's true. And uh, we, uh, our, our way of communicating was machine gun fire. In fact, I remember thinking about this today. Someone said to me uh, that we know, well, uh, years ago, oh, you're not a pastor, Pete. And I, and I thought I was very pastoral. And I realized, oh, what he was saying, you know, you're a teacher, Pete, not a pastor. Oh, wow. And what he was referring to was the fact that I was such a terrible listener. Mm. <laughs> and I guess it made sense. You know, mm. he looked at me and said, I was a talker and a mm. teacher, but not a listener. Right. Didn't know how to be present. Uh, so the way that I know we spoke to each other and probably the way I spoke to everybody and listened was machine gun fire. And I didn't listen real well. I finished people's sentences. I was thinking about my rebuttal when they were talking. So... It's just something I never got trained to do, never thought about. I just did with my family of origin did. The right. way that we didn't listen, I didn't listen. Right. And the way I spoke was the way we all spoke. We crossed communications with each other, just spoke over each other. So that's how we lived the first eight years of our marriage. That's how I functioned as a leader for the first 17 years, how I functioned as a pastor. Yeah. And, you know, I think somewhere along the line, we must have heard about listening for understanding, but I had no idea really, I guess, what that meant. Because like you, I grew up in a family where you listened so you could rebut what the other person said or just wait for your turn. You're listening for your turn so you can then give your opinion 
but there wasn't listening for understanding. And there certainly wasn't listening um, for feelings that were underneath what the person was saying either. Yeah. So what happened to us was we were uh, stuck. As many of you know, you've heard our podcast. We were stuck in our marriage. We were at a wall. Uh, we were missing each other. We were in a counselor's office. And he taught us a simplified version of what we call incarnational listening today. And he provided a safe, what you call it, honey, a structure mm -hmm. uh, to help us to actually listen to each other. Mm -hmm. And it was, I know, the first time in my life I ever felt someone present to me, mm. listened to. It's the first time I think I ever listened to you or anybody. Mm -hmm. I just didn't know how. I'd never seen it, never experienced it. And it was, it opened up a, a whole world. Yeah, I think uh, I remember, I mean, I can remember all those years back, even though it was 28 years ago, I can remember that experience we Me had too. and how life-changing it was for us because there was so much going on, even though we couldn't name the parts of it then, but you felt heard yeah. for the first time. I'll, I'll, never, I, I'll never forget you saying, I feel heard for the first time, like in my life. Yes. But there's another element that was going on that we recognize, I recognize now and that, that you felt seen. Yeah. It was just similar to, right, to feeling, yeah, yeah. feeling heard. And I felt heard. Yes. It was also the quality of this type of listening integrated, which was extremely important, I guess, critical to the skill, is it integrated feelings. Yeah. And uh, last week, I think it was, we talked about, last yeah. time we talked about Explore the Iceberg. And, you know, when someone asked me growing up how I felt, it was really mostly in reference to whether, you're, if you were sick, if you were sick, like, how are you feeling? How are you yeah, feeling? Yeah. I never understood, you know, the range of my emotions and sharing those emotions. But in this um, experience we had, we were asked, how do you feel? Yeah. And then share that with Pete or share that with Jerry. Yes. And that was pretty revolutionary, but because we had even both kind of, you know, become aware of even what we were feeling yep. in order to share that. So it, there was a lot, a lot going on, a lot going on. But again, we had a nice, um, a, we had a, a guide with us to help us, to help us yep. because yeah. So it's a core part of the emotionally healthy relationships course, uh, for sure. And we've broadened and, and deepened the skills so it's actually transferable. I just remember the first time that we actually did this skill ourselves. I remember saying, oh my goodness, I had an ex it was like it was an experience of the glory of God. Like I, I didn't I didn't have a theology for it. All I knew was God's glory came in the room. And we were at that point, I'd been to so many revival meetings, power meetings. I'd see, you know, we were a charismatic church. I'd had incredible encounters with God in scripture, of course, and worship and prayer meetings and power encounters, but nothing, nothing compared to the glory of God that happened between us in that moment. And I just remember being completely floored because I wasn't expecting it and realized that I had been born again, again. I, it was a change that launched me and eventually going to launch us and our leadership and our church into this whole thing we call emotionally healthy. Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely a born again experience. If you have gone your whole life, not being seen, not being heard, yeah, 
not being validated. And, you know, that's kind of a lot of what was going on. But um, don't be deceived. It wasn't all, it wasn't a, all uh, roses. I mean, it brought also out our shadow um, in terms of, that's why you have a guide. We had a guide for yeah. the first time because um, if you're asking someone how they feel and you want them to be honest, well, most people aren't used to being honest mm -hmm. with another person about their feelings and their feelings maybe towards that person. And so I remember thinking, I can I really say what I think and feel? Mm -hmm. Can I really say what I think and feel? But of course, you're saying it in a very clear, respectful way. But honesty is not easy if you're not used to being honest. And we weren't used to being honest. No, we weren't. With each other, be. even. No, no, because we didn't know how to say um, difficult things. Or again, yeah. we had rules against, you know, around, there's a lot going on. There had rules against yeah. certain feelings and et cetera, et cetera. Now, before we continue, we launched this podcast for leaders like you who are facing complex pressures in order to live and lead out of a deep inner life with Jesus. The demand for this kind of content has far outpaced our resources to deliver this message. Your financial partnership will allow us to reach more leaders in under-resourced countries where this message is critical. So I want to invite you to join with us today by giving at emotionallyhealthy.org slash give so that together we can radically renew the leaders in God's church around the world. Thank you for your support. Now back to today's topic. I also realized very uh, quickly, like, oh my goodness, like I've been discipled in so much head knowledge of mm. biblical doctrine and teaching. And I was, a, of course, a pastor at that point for years and teaching scripture and such an emphasis on head and loving God, but I'd never been taught or discipled in how to love other people. It was it was just a missing piece of, it was just discipleship and it was assumed, oh, if you love Jesus, it'll all work out. Well, I mean, you write scripture, we're discipled in the sense that we're told, well, love is patient, yes, love is kind, love not. is gentle. But what does that look like? Yeah. Like, how do you do that? And, and we have no idea the tsunami we're coming against in terms of our formation in our families. We're so formed in our families that's going to takes a lot to break up that ground and be reformed in the new family of Christ. So, of course, we developed now one of the core skills of the Emotionally Healthy Relationships course is incarnational listening. And uh, so, Jerry, why don't you talk about like, you know, one of the marks, of course, in the new family of Jesus is we're present with each mm -hmm. other. We learned like Jesus was present, we can be present. So why don't you talk a few minutes about, because you were, you were expounding earlier. It was amazing. I said, Jerry, hold that thought about Jesus and presence and why this is so essential to, to true spirituality. Well, I, I, I want to I first undergird that with the fact that, again, this skill was so difficult for us in the beginning because... Um, my life stance, more or less, my life posture, even though I'd been a, you know, a follower of Christ for 18 years at that point, was one of, um, defensiveness. 
I had no idea. I didn't even know the depth of my defensiveness until Pete was able to also speak honestly to me. And I could just, but again, we had a guide. And that's why there's a safety, the safety net around this skill is you have to also learn how to speak. Listening, um, listening well, listening for understanding requires also a speaker who, who learns how to speak clearly, openly, right, honestly. And so when you have someone who's committed to speaking respectfully, um, it makes the defensiveness less, but it'll bring things out of you that you didn't know were there, but that, but, but the light has to shine on those things so that you can grow. Yes. So, but the, the goal, but what happened as a result of us learning to really listen to one another and feel one another was that we learned presence. We learned attunement. That is, how do I attune to another human being? Um, I guess I, there's lots of different ways you can describe attunement and presence, but I like the description that they see that I see them. Mm. Pete sees that I see them. And that's a big part of even my relationship with God. When in my silence, my silence, part of my silence is seeing that God sees me. He's the God who sees. He's the that God. story of Hagar in yes, Genesis. Right. So presence involves all of that, you know, um, listening in a way that you see that I see you. Hmm. You, listening in a way that you feel felt by mm. me. In other words, if you say, um, Jerry, I was afraid. Well, then I know the feeling of fear. I know that same feeling in my body. And as you share that feeling and I feel it, and you know I feel it, there is a connection made that just can't be made without presence to that. Yes. So, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, it's, it's a lot going on. There's a lot being experienced in this skill of um, incarnational listening. And define attunement. You mentioned attunement is that the other person feels felt by us. That's one and part of it. One aspect of attunement is that the other person sees that I see them. They feel felt by me. That's as the person who's on the receiving end. As the person who's doing the attuning... One of the things uh, attunement involves is the whole person. I, like I'm, I'm not just taking in your words. Mm. I'm seeing your body language. Yeah. I'm seeing the slouch of your shoulders. I'm noticing the tone in your voice. Um, I'm watching your facial expressions. That's that's so much language for me to kind of understand what's going mm. on with you as well. You know. And, um, yeah, and it's important, like, even as a person who's maybe on the speaker, they also have to learn congruency, mm-hmm. you know? If a person says, um, I, was, I was really angry, that's not really, they're not really feeling their anger. That's not yeah. congruency, mm-hmm. you know? I, was, I felt so angry, you know? And on the other hand, if a person says something like, I wasn't angry. Now, their words totally don't match the tone of voice. That's good. And so, yeah, these are important. You want to become integrated. So as a speaker, I'm becoming integrated with myself in awareness of 
my what I'm thinking and feeling, and that's matching my, my tone, my body. It's all matching. Um, and as a listener, a, lip, a listener is observing you yeah. know, those things. And one of the, and I think we realized quickly after we <clears throat> jumped into this how Jesus was so present. Oh. He, was, he he was present with people. He was, he he was he looked at the young rich young ruler and it says he loved him. Mm. He was present with the Samaritan woman. Mm. He was present with the person with leprosy. He was he was present. He was attuned. Attuned. He saw. Good. Um, he was attuned to how people were putting their offerings in the offering basket, um, especially the wealthy. He was attuned to and saw the faith. What did he see when he saw the yes. faith of the, the friends of the paralyzed man? Mm. So he, he lived attuned. Should we model it? Shall we? Sure. So, sure, sure, so sure. uh, Jerry, mm-hmm. so can I? Do some incarnation. Would you mind doing incarnational listening with me right now? I'd love to. Thanks. Mm-hmm. It'll be brief since we're on a podcast. Okay. So, uh, some, I'm realizing now that uh, something going on in my life, and that there's a lack of spaciousness in my life, uh, and that's so important to me. Okay. Wow. So right now, you're recognizing that there, you you have a lack of spaciousness. And that's really important to you. Yeah, just finished the Thanksgiving holiday, and then we ha- uh, and then we're moving into now Christmas, and we have grandchildren who are having birthdays and children having birthdays. And between that, uh, and it's a lot. Mm, that's right. <laughs> I'm catching that. So uh, you're aware that like we just had a holiday, right? And we have another holiday coming up. And in between that, we have grandchildren birthdays and we have daughter birthdays and you're feeling the impact of all these things happening in a, in a short amount of time. Yeah, I mean, Thanksgiving alone was a three day visits coming into our house. Mm, that's right. With people all day, three days in a row. That was a lot. Yeah. So even Thanksgiving, we had three days of, of activity, people activity, cooking activity, a lot of activity. And of course, I'm looking now at the next couple of weeks as we approach Christmas and uh, I realize, oh, there's there's a lot more people we're going to be seeing. And mm-hmm. you've mentioned wanting to see some of your friends mm-hmm. and having them over for visits and hosting some parties. And I realize I am feeling anxious. Mm-hmm. So I just want to make sure I got it. That, <laughs> but you're looking at the, the next holiday and all the stuff that's kind of involved in that and maybe in particular hosting. And you've heard me say several times <laughs> that, that the who I want to host and the how I want to host. And that is, I don't know, did you share a feeling around that? I'm anxious. I'm feeling anxious because I realize, oh, she wants to have these, these dinners at our house with these other folks as well. And it's a big time of year for me at Emotionally Healthy Discipleship. Oh. Uh, end of the year. And also we're caring for our daughter's medical needs, one of our daughters, that to also takes some time. Wow. Okay. So in light of not just the holiday and me mentioning, you know, what I'd like to do in that month I'm, and I'm adding more stuff to the month, you're thinking about the, the number of things you have to do for EHD, 
the end of the month, mm-hmm. as well as you are, you are in charge of and have been attending to the medical stuff of um, one of our daughters, especially the bills, et cetera. So I, I am wanting greater spaciousness mm. as we move into this month, mm-hmm. uh, greater ability to kind of breathe, you know, not feel pressure. Mm. Uh, and so with, I don't want stuff being piled on. And so I'd like to have a conversation with you about our schedule, looking at our calendar. So you are feeling um, the lack of spaciousness. Mm-hmm. And you see stuff just like being piled on to the month. And you said you are feeling anxious about that. So you would like us to have a meeting. Like we got to sit down and talk about this month so that you can make sure you have spaciousness, the spaciousness in it that you need. Yeah. Yeah. So we can look at, yes, I'd like to get a calendar out, have it relaxed meeting okay. about looking at the next three to four weeks. Okay. So, so you want to, you want to actually get the calendar out and look at specifically next three to four weeks. Yeah. Create to make sure you have spaciousness. Yeah. I don't want to, I don't want personally, I don't want to have more things to do than there is time to do it. Okay. You don't want to, yeah. You don't want to get into that place where yeah. there's more things to do than there is time to do it. That's a terrible place. Yeah. How are you feeling about all these things? I feel good that I articulated it. <laughs> I feel better. Okay. Yeah. All right. So you're feeling, you're feeling better. <laughs> I feel better than I got it out. <laughs> okay. So you feel better having said all that. Yep. But of everything you shared, what would what's the most important thing you'd want me to remember? That I'm I'm longing for greater spaciousness after these busy, we've had a, we had a very full holiday around Thanksgiving and that I really long for spaciousness it's coming weeks before Christmas. And I really want us to get together and talk about our calendar, look at it really carefully before we make commitments this okay. month. Okay. So you, as a result of the last month, you've been feeling really cramped. And so you want to, again, look at the calendar. You want me to really know that It's really important to you that we look at the calendar this month so that you can create and know you have spaciousness. Did I get that? You did. I feel, just the fact that you heard me, I feel better already. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Thank you, honey. Yeah. Okay, good. Uh, Well, do you want to make any comments about this? Well, that was a a glimpse for them uh, into incarnational listening and a taste of it. Yeah, and it's a real experience gift exchange right i mean it wasn't it's not i mean it's a gift for the speaker yeah because i gave you space to just be listened to and it's a gift to the listener because you're being honest and truthful and giving and just allowing me to see what's going on and know what's going on inside of you yeah just to for me just to be able to have you being so present with me about I know you wanted to have your friends over for a couple of different evenings. And the fact that you're open to looking at the calendar and you heard me, yeah, I just know we'll be fine when we talk about it. Mm. But versus it's just, yes, yes, yes. We're, we, we just make these commitments without talking about it. So I feel very heard. Mm. And uh, 
Thanks. I look yeah. forward to the conversation. Yeah, and too. also kind of not a disaster, but really it would be problematic if you just kept going along with yes. everything, feeling the crampness, feeling the lack of spaciousness, feeling anxiety, and just going along because you just thought you had to versus just saying, hey, you have to, you though, you have to, you're the one that have to take responsibility for what you're feeling and be aware of it and then go, wow, I need to express this. And, you know, because otherwise um, I might pick up leaking you're doing or body language and I can, I can initiate then the conversation, but really the onus is on this, you know, your, your part. So again, that's why it's a gift to the listener that you don't start leaking and that you are, you give me the gift of honesty. So in the emotionally healthy relationships course, uh, you're given guidelines for incarnational listening yes, yes. and very clear guidelines. And we like to so sometimes say we're putting people into a very tight structure. Again, if you get, put it this way, people's bones are broken, Ephesians 4. Uh, uh, and per- leadership is a put bones in place. We equip people for the sake of you know, for maturity. And that's a word used often for putting the bones in place. In some ways, we put a structure that can feel like a straitjacket for some people. But when done well, mm-hmm. it's natural. Like I, this was very natural and felt mm-hmm. really good to me as a speaker. I didn't feel like you were parroting me. So again, you'll pick up some of those nuances, those of you listening, when you do when you do the course. Yeah. So even though I was parroting you pretty much, I was staying pretty close to mm-hmm. the words that you were using, but you didn't feel like it. You didn't feel no. like it was just this rote thing, <clears throat> right? You didn't um You were present. I felt right. your presence. Right. And right. as you said, incarnational listening is a training in presence. Well, yeah, it's and a it's training not, in many things, but it, yeah, presence is a is big one. one big thing. So let's make some applications for leadership. Okay. okay. Yeah. And again, we're not going into the mechanics of this skill because you can um, watch that and learn that in the, in the course, the Emotionally Healthy Relationship course. That's where you get all that information. Mm. Okay. So yeah. let's, I got four or five here and let's just make some applications for leadership mm. since this is the Emotionally Healthy Leader podcast. Mm-hmm. So the first is that Application is being present is core to our formation and maturity as leaders. Mm-hmm. Being present is core. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and that it requires great character and differentiation to be able to do this, especially when people are saying things that are difficult for right. us. Right. Um, and that, what is, what's the stat you use? That 80% of problems are solved even by our own listening to people. Yes, yes. And again, you know, in marriage, or, or friendships, you're, in our marriage, we learn to begin to say difficult things to each other, but within the safety of this structure. Like, yeah. Again, we have to speak clearly, honestly, respectfully. Um, but even though we were married and we made a vow to death, it was still really hard to, to say difficult things to each other. Yeah. But it got easier and easier and easier because of we, because of the safety around us that we created. But this was the, the the ground we practiced on to be able to say it, it yeah. to other people in other relationships. And you're talking about applying it to leadership. Yep. But we had a practice here in order for you to begin to do it right there. And I used to, I'm so aware. I used to, when, when Pete would speak difficult things to me, again, about me, 
I would be cheering on the inside because I'm thinking I knew that if Pete could say difficult things to me, then he could speak difficult things to other people whom he needed to speak difficult things to. Yeah. So it's a win-win. And I think I had a revolution. But it takes a lot of maturity. I had a revolution of what it meant to be a leader, that I want God is love and that I want to be a great lover of people. That was a gigantic shift. Like I was measuring my success now by being present with people mm. versus growing our church, more numbers, getting people's affirmation. It was just wow. revolutionary for me. Wow. In my self-identity. In my, it was gigantic. And it's oh. so much more fun. Like, you know, it's it much more it? fun to be present with people and recognize that people can feel felt by you. People can, can be seen by you as God sees them. That's much more fun. I don't know what the word is fun, fun but it's, it's much more re fulfillment, fulfilling than trying to get their approval. Truth. <laughs> okay. Number two, leadership application mm -hmm. would be our ability to be present is core to building great teams, healthy boards, and healthy communities, ministries. I mean, it's just this one skill is just life and death mm -hmm. for great teams and great boards and because differences are going to happen seasons come and go there's just so much to negotiate and an inability to negotiate differences and it just causes pain havoc depression Un loneliness yes, so much unnecessary pain can i mention one thing please honey okay. the best thing that happened <laughs> no, to this podcast no, ever no, since no. you came on stop, stop, stop. <laughs> was um now you know as Pete talked about, if you, you're doing it with your team, you're doing it with your board, you're doing it with the powers that be. But as you as you you know get better at it, now you you're internalizing it. In other words, every time you're having a board meeting, you're not repeating back yeah. every word a board member says or every word a, a staff person says, even though there may be times when you sit with one person and use the structure very specifically, but. The goal, like any of the skills, is that we internalize it. And the internalizing of listening is, that's what we mean. When, when you internalize it, it means you're learning to be present with the person. Mm. That's what you're learning to be present with them without even having to repeat everything. That's why you always say, if I can quote Jerry Scazzaro, these are the training wheels to ride a bike. And there comes a place you don't need the training wheels anymore right. because it's in, it's inside of you right. and you're just present with people and they can feel it and experience it. Mm -hmm. So, all right. Thirdly, that incarnational listening, this kind of a presence with people, this maturity, this skill is core to, in a sense, a new operating system as a church or ministry hits new challenges. So, for example, um, uh, the election. Like right now in the United States, right now, the, the country's so polarized and churches are polarized. And so how do you have discussions? Well, the key is to learn to be present with each other, even though the person may have a totally different view than you do politically. Same with LGBTQ. How do I be present with folks on different sides of that issue? How do I listen to people with a different view than I have? presence is core. This skill was so indispensable for us because we had a church with about 73 nations represented <laughs> in it. Now, how do you cross cultures? Yeah. Pete, in our first year of marriage, in the first five months of our marriage, we found ourselves living overseas for almost a year 
And so we, again, we, we, we ate their food. We learned um, their language. We learned their language. We, we lived with the family of 10 children. Um, we try to do as best we can their culture, but we were missing this. We were missing truly listening and being present. We didn't with incarnate we like didn't, Jesus. We didn't incarnate. We, we thought we, we thought we were incarnating, but really the key to incarnation is being present, learning how to be present with another person. And so this was, um, this was indispensable for us to to build a healthy community across so many ethnicities and so many cultures and so such diversity economically in every way there was diversity in every way even people were coming from all different backgrounds of faith really yeah. but it was this being able to listen um and be present with people that enables that was the bridge yeah that was the bridge is it so we call it incarnational listening. This is an active listening, like you learn a college 101 course. Jesus left his world and entered our world. And we realized that we were living cross-culturally. We'd gone to another country, but we didn't know how to incarnate into each other's world. And we were the same race and culture, kind of culture, American culture at least. And that this was this was so foundational to following Jesus in every context. It was yeah, just, and, and it in was some ways, in, in some ways, it should be called incarnational feeling or presence or incarnational presence. presence. But because a key moment, a key moment in the skill is when the speaker shares their feelings. So when Pete said, "I'm feeling anxious," mm. or "I'm feeling a lack of spaciousness." I have to pause as a listener and that's, it's a critical moment because that's what mm. I'm feeling. I have to feel what that feels like. If I'm going to really, you're talking about Christ entered our world yeah. and we enter each other's world, but I enter another person's world by feeling what they feel. So when he said, I'm anxious, I'm feeling a lack of spaciousness. I'm saying to my thumb, thinking to myself and I'm feeling like, okay, what does that feel like? What does a lack of spaciousness feel like? It's like feeling trapped. Mm. It's I could feel like I'm suffocating. And it's horrible. It's mm. horrible. And so when I feel that, I can I can communicate. He knows I'm I'm feeling what he's feeling in a sense. And um, so yeah, that's a key component of entering each other's worlds. True. It's interesting. We didn't solve anything in our little interaction. No. There, but I feel like we did just because I felt well, felt. Well, what's the feeling you had though? Not like I feel like we did. No, I, I as a result I of our conversation, relieved. you feel I felt relieved. like a load off my shoulders. I, I just felt, hmm. I felt spacious because I, hmm. I, even though you didn't say, yes, I'm willing to set a time. I knew you felt me that I need to. And hmm. that was just, a. it was just, wonderful and <laughs> i'm a high feeler <laughs> yeah, high oh goodness okay another application for <laughs> and final one is that um incarnational listening or attunement done well is actually the key to building a healthy countercultural community for jesus it's just it, it's a it we begin to see people as vows and not it's the whole mm. martin boober things mm. i'm open I, they're, they're, I'm present with people, not distracted. I'm loving, not judging, and that we're not creating. We're creating communities that are actually compassionate and not judgmental. 
because we're open to learn, we're curious. Mm. And so that's right. why this it connects to maturity and differentiation. It's raising a whole level of a community uh, into more Christ-likeness and greater level of differentiation yeah. uh, to, really be, to be with someone who thinks, sees life so differently, but I can be present with them and actually learn some things yeah, at the same I, time. Yeah. I mean, um, I don't know if we've mentioned, we haven't really used the word empathy, but part of, mm. again, entering another person's world and them experiencing compassion because Christ, I mean, how many times, mm. right? Just talk, talk about the word compassion um, in scripture and in his life that uh, em- empathy is, I, I never, I never experienced empathy growing up. I had no idea how to be, have an empathy, to feel empathy for another person. And um, so, mm. yeah, really important empathy. Another person, ex- you giving empathy, you feeling empathy, them feeling empathized is really an important part That's of huge. compassion. It's huge. You know, Check I'm out. not trying to, fi- you know, what's so wonderful too? You're not trying to fix anything. Mm. I, I don't ha- I'm not even responsible for their life. They're responsible for their life, but I'm joining them on, on, on the companion on the journey just by giving them space to kind of help discover stuff that's going on inside of them, you know? Beautiful. Yeah, it is. So it is. Okay. So the last application for leadership application is, I wish I could quote you better as you quote, you were talking earlier, is that present or to be deeply felt or attuned to, it is the felt need of our culture. People want to feel loved and have someone attuned to them. Well, I think- And people, you do talk about how people medicate into all kinds of things. Yes. We understand now from neurobiology that- we're wired to be seen. Mm. We're wired to be attuned to. Mm. So when there isn't presence, there's absence. And when there's absence, many times people will fill it by medicating. Mm. So you might, you know, medicate through, um, you know, shopping, through food addiction, through pornography, through social media. I mean, it's kind of endless. And that's why actually one of the things that really moves me about the Emotionally Healthy Discipleship courses, and maybe in particular, the Emotionally Healthy Relationship course, is because we're we're um, opening a door for people to learn presence mm. so, that, so that they don't have to medicate. Mm. It's huge. It's like an evangelistic tool without it. Oh, absolutely. It, it, well, Jesus said, all the world will know that we're his disciples, by the way, that we love each other. And so yeah. it's interesting, huh? love, yeah. attunement, listening is all so deeply connected together. Yes. And again, we're making it sound, and it is beautiful. But it's war. It's, but, but I will say you will go through many dangers, toils, and <laughs> snares to make it beautiful only because it brought out so much of my shadow. Yes. But I was so glad to, you know, again, but mm. if you create a safe environment for that shadow to come out, my, my, uh, my blaming, my defensiveness, my judgmentalism, my criticalness, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you can let go of those things that you've been carrying around. Wow. You're, 
You're so different. <laughs> you used to, who are you? As he keeps reinforcing every <laughs> every podcast, every 40 session. years later. Thank you, honey. So we want to encourage you, pick up the Emotionally Healthy Relationships workbook and day-by-day devotion that goes with it. Please watch the videos. It will change your life. Uh, do it even with one other person. And you can pick it up anywhere. Our website, Amazon, Christian book distributors, you name it. It's everywhere, but uh, please plunge into it. You'll be so glad you did. And if you you want to learn a skill, but you don't think you're safe enough for each other, Pete and I weren't safe enough for each other when we first learned this, we got a coach or a therapist to help to be that safe person. A sure mentor. Anybody who's got some maturity can be that help you. Or a lot of maturity. Or a lot of maturity. That's true. (laughs) Thank you so much, everybody. It's been great to be with you. Honey, thank you. It's been great to be with you. A lot of fun here. And I look forward to seeing you again in our next Emotionally Healthy Leader podcast. God bless you. Have a great day. Thank you.